What's up, everybody? Dave here. Just want to remind you that this episode of Tales from the Backlog is brought to you by the patrons of The Tube. Personal heroes of mine, such as Chris Nelson and the Top 3 Podcast crew, have gone to patreon.com slash realdavejackson to support The Tube, and they're getting some cool treats in return. You can be like them and head to patreon.com slash realdavejackson, and you will be my hero too. All right, let's get to the show. Hey everybody, my name is Dave Jackson and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog, a video games podcast where each week I'm normally joined by a guest to talk about a game we played, but today is not one of those days. Today I am taking a little solo time, a little me time, a little Dave time to celebrate one year of Tales from the Backlog. And so what I've got for you today is a little bit of uh, reflection and reminiscing about Uh, the first year of the podcast, and then I have some questions from listeners and friends alike. So uh, I have looked at some stats from the first year of the podcast. Um, I don't know about you, but I love statistics, metrics, those things, only when it has to do with things I care about, like my podcasts or, you know, other stuff. I don't, don't ask me to like take a class or teach your little brother how to do statistics. I'm not doing that shit, but I do like to look at and think about stats. So I got some stats for you. Uh, so I have published, um, I think about, yeah, 62 published episodes of the show, uh, which there was a while there where I was publishing more than one episode a week. Sometimes if I thought of a bonus episode, fuck that noise. I'm not doing that anymore. So 62 published episodes in the first year, uh, covering 49 different games with 38 different guests. And that's kind of where I want to camp out for a second. Uh, People often ask me, they say, Dave, you have a different guest on for basically every episode. They're repeat guests, of course, but most of the time it's a totally new person. How do you find these people? And isn't it hard to find a different guest for every episode? And the answer is no, quite the opposite. There are so many amazing people making amazing content, doing cool podcasts, doing voice acting, doing YouTube videos, uh, making music, all kinds of stuff, uh, people out there. And that's just content creation people. Not, I'm not even talking about just like, you know, good friends that like to talk about video games. There's so many awesome people out there that I want to have conversations with about video games. And it's like, if you could see my spreadsheet, which I'm not showing you my spreadsheet, that's personal. It'd be like getting naked in front of you. But if you saw it, you would see that I have a big list of people that I have not had a chance to collaborate with that I want to. And I'm going to continue reaching out to different people, meeting different people, and having a good time with these conversations on the show. I'm really happy to say that out of, let's say like 55 episodes probably that have guests on them, I have not had a single bad guest. And I don't just like invite anyone on the show, but there are so many people there that like, I know that I I think they're cool. I enjoy talking to you in Discord servers or on Twitter or whatever, 
that if I haven't reached out yet, it's not because I think you're a piece of shit. It might be, but it's probably not, not you, the, it's the other people, um, that I, I will reach out sometime. It's just, like I said, I have so many people I want to talk to. So it's not hard to find guests at all. Uh, so yeah, that's 38 different guests. Um, I think the record for most episodes appeared on is probably like four or five. And that's probably Aaron from a top three podcast, uh, AKA one of my best friends from my whole life. So like non-childhood friend wise, it's probably, uh, Rick from pixel project radio. I know has been on at least three episodes by now. Um, Jake, uh, staple of the early days of the show and we'll be coming back at some point. Uh, thank you, Jake, for taking so many, uh, so much time to come on and talk games. Yeah. Lots of people I think the records four, maybe five anyway. Yeah. Um, so like I said, 38 guests and covering 49 games, a lot of games that have been like incredible experiences. Only a couple that I've come out of the recording saying that I didn't like and I like that ratio a lot. You know, it's fun to talk shit and give hot takes and stuff like that, but it's not really what I want to do on the show. I don't want to make a show where I'm talking about how I hate something. So it's cool. I love that most of the games that I play and talk about on the show are good. Now, it's partly because there's some games that I start that like within a couple hours, I'm like, oh, this sucks. And then I look and it's like, this takes 55 hours to beat. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. So there is a little bit of like a uh, selection that goes into the games that become episodes. Obviously I have to finish the game to do an episode on it, but um, yeah, sorry. You'll never see a final fantasy 15 episode. Uh, the other stat that I have for you is that I have released over 137 hours of podcast on tales from the backlog. And if you do the mental math, I'm giving you time to do the mental math. No calculators. When you get out in the real world, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket. That's about six full days of podcasts. So yeah, if you start walking from the East Coast and you're going to try and walk across the US, Tales from the Backlog's got you covered for about six days. So yeah, um, other stats that I find interesting, uh, the top five most popular episodes of the show there are some surprises in here, and there are a couple that are not really surprising. So I'm just going to go through, like, starting at number five, the most popular show, Half-Life 2, starring Jay Davis from Super Bracket Bros. Thank you, Jay, for being a part of that. Uh, Half-Life 2, obviously, lots of people love that game, and I was really happy to play it for the first time this year and love it. Awesome game. Uh, next up, not really a surprise. Majora's Mask at number four. Uh, that was with Alan from a top three podcast. Also one of my longtime friends uh, for my whole life, basically. Not surprising to me. People fucking love Zelda. People love Majora's Mask. Um, I hope that all these people listened to the episode and uh, enjoyed it. Number three, that is Hollow Knight. That was episode number 11, Hollow Knight with Jim Rodeman, another good friend of mine. Yeah, not a uh, not a podcaster, just a buddy who likes video games. Uh, Jim was also on the Hades episode and the Elden Ring bosses tier list episode. So yeah, Hollow Knight episode, that one did well. People like that game. Um, I'm pretty proud of that episode. So I hope other people feel the same way. Coming in at the number two spot, 
not a surprise in the least, Elden Ring uh, with Ryan from Listoff. So Ryan, thank you so much for taking fucking seven hours out of your day to record that episode with me. That was a beefy episode and I hope people liked it. Uh, Lots of people at least hit download on it. Number one, you're never going to guess this, the most popular episode of Tales from the Backlog. Go ahead. Think about the games I've covered on the show. Popular games that people love. It's not Disco Elysium. It's not Hades. It's Dragon's Dogma. Episode 7 of the show with Adam Rivera. And Adam was also a guest on the Dark Souls 3 episode. Dragon's Dogma. I don't know what it is, but I think I hit the Spotify algorithm. That episode has a ton of downloads on Spotify and not a whole lot elsewhere, but I'm not complaining. I hope people enjoyed it. That game's weird as fuck. I hope more people play it and experience it. And if I remember right, I think they're doing a remake or a sequel, something like that. That's bound to be crazy. I think it's a sequel. Dragon's Dogma 2. Dragon's Dogmas. Yeah, so there's some uh, stats. I just find these interesting. If you uh, hate stats, they're over. And uh, moving into the AMA section of this. Uh, So I reached out on uh, social media and in the Discord server and on Patreon for questions that you have. uh, Game-related, show-related, unrelated, anything you got. So let's get into it. Uh, And I'll start with um, kind of a icebreaker question, get to know me type of question. This one's from Eric from the Unlockables pod uh, via Patreon. Eric, uh, multi-time guest on this show, future guest on this show. Eric asks, is a hot dog a sandwich? Short answer, no. It's not. I will not discuss. Uh, Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? I will fight the 100 duck-sized horses. Uh, Fuck any... I'm not fighting anything that's bigger than me. I'm not fighting anything that's close to my size. No. So give me a hundred horses. I will die a very slow and painful death that way. Uh, But that's the grave that I'm digging for myself. So thank you, Eric. I appreciate you very much. Looking forward to the next time we collaborate, buddy. Uh, Next up is Colby from the Switch It Up podcast via Patreon. Uh, Colby, future guest on the show. That's right. I'm saying it out loud, Colby. I'm holding you to it. Colby asks, what is your video game Mount Rushmore? Uh, My Mount Rushmore, I actually prepared an answer for this. Uh, Starts with Pokemon Gen 2. Uh, The story of me playing uh, video games could not be told without Pokemon. And especially Gen 2 when like, I loved Gen 1. I was obsessed with Gen 1. Then Gen 2 just took it up a notch. Like Emerald says, bam! Kicked it up a notch. So Pokemon Gen 2. Uh, Next, I kind of like, I don't know, a little bit of like history tour through Dave's gaming history. Uh, Second on Mount Rushmore is Morrowind, The Elder Scrolls 3. This was the game that introduced RPGs and open world games to me at the same time. And I cannot tell you how much I played this game and how much I loved every second of it. So Morrowind, hopefully a future... Not just one episode, that game's way too long to just do one episode. Hopefully a future like series on the show. Um, yeah, Morrowind on Mount Rushmore. The next two are just, I think they're my two favorite games that I've played since I kind of returned to video games about four years ago. The first one is Disco Elysium. Uh, no game has matched the level of writing and emotional intelligence and characters and character uh, 
uh, relationships and character arcs that Disco Elysium has. It is a magnificent game. If you haven't played it, you gotta play it. Listen to me and Rick Firestone from Pixel Project Radio talk about that in an early episode of the show. I want to say it's episode 13, something like that. That was another beefy episode, over three and a half hours, because that game demands the conversation. Uh, The other game on my video game, Mount Rushmore, is Bloodborne. I didn't want to put multiple From Software games, although Dark Souls probably holds a spot, uh, but I like Bloodborne more. Uh, I like the atmosphere more. I like the combat more. I like the story more. I like basically everything about Bloodborne more. It's just Dark Souls was the one that ignited that kind of love for the stuff that From Software brings. But I think Bloodborne's a better game and I like it more. So it goes on Mount Rushmore. And the Mount Rushmore like carving for Bloodborne is the uh, the little the little baby from one of the endings. No spoilers other than that. But if you've played, you know. Uh, Colby also asks, do you have any long-term plans for the show or do you like the structure as is? And that one is a pretty easy answer with a, a little asterisk at the end. The easy answer is I like the show's format quite a bit and I don't, I'm not in any rush to change that except uh, sometimes I get into the spoiler section or I finish the spoiler section of a show and I think I should have structured that differently because of the way the show works, I don't want to do straight run-throughs of the story in the spoiler section. So the one thing I want to do in future episodes is to turn that into sometimes do a straight run-through of the story because some games need you to do that, like Inscription and Near Automata coming up episodes. Uh, that's kind of what we did there. But some games are either way too long or don't have a story that demands that. And so I want to turn those into more discussion style questions, uh, you know, from my time as an English teacher. And I need to work on that. I need to get that under control. But as far as the structure of the show, I've gotten enough feedback from people that they like the deep dive with no spoilers and then spoiler time so they can listen to episodes about games they haven't played I've gotten enough good feedback from people about that, that I'm not in a hurry to change that. And that makes me happy because that's why I structured it that way in the first place, because that's the kind of gaming podcast that I wanted to listen to. So thank you, Colby. And like I said, I am holding you to uh, our commitment. Uh, Just a couple weeks now we're going to record. So you don't have that much time to run away, but I'm putting it out in the ether. It's happening. Can't wait to talk to you, man. Uh, Next up is Adam via Patreon. Adam was a guest on the Shadow of the Colossus episode, and Adam and I have a fucking killer episode planned uh, coming up next year. Uh, I will say no more. But Adam says, why do they call it oven when you of in the cold food of out hot eat the food? And Adam, my answer for you is they oven call it when of in cold food out food. Because food in of out eat no mouth good feel. Think about that. Ryan from the List Off podcast via Patreon asks which character should Chris Pratt voice next? And I think that there's only one way to solve 
the Bayonetta voice acting controversy, and that is to have Chris Pratt voice her in Bayonetta 4. So easy answer, Ryan. I appreciate the question. Uh, and Ryan, I appreciate you for your guest appearances on the show, for letting me come on list off and future episodes of Tales from the Backlog that we have planned. Thank you, buddy. Next up is Jake via Patreon. Jake asks, which video game character do you want to have show up from outer space and you entice them with Reese's PCs and hide them in your closet like E.T.? Uh, this seems Kirby was the first thing that came to my head. Seems like a pretty obvious answer to me, uh, even though unlike E.T., Kirby is not this helpless thing that's going to get you know, destroyed by the, the men in black as soon as they discover him. You're not hiding Kirby in your closet for Kirby's safety. Kirby can handle itself, right? Uh, but I think the the mental image of me leading Kirby um, along the road with Reese's Pieces and trying to get him into my closet, it was very funny. And Kirby's hopping around and, you know, sometimes puffing up and floating through the air as Kirby does. So that's why. Uh, thanks for the question, Jake. I appreciate you. Like I said, lots of uh, guest appearances in the past, and we'll get you something in the future for sure. Always enjoy talking with you. Next up, Mask Keaton asks, uh, you're abducted by aliens and taken to their zoo to spend the rest of your days as an exhibit. They don't want you to be bored, so they will give you one console and all the games for it. Which console? I'm not going to cheat and say PC. Uh, but my question to you, Keaton, is, is the goal of this to have me be entertained or them be entertained? Because people go to a zoo to be entertained, right? So I will say if the goal is for me to be entertained, give me a PS5 because I want the PS5 and PS4 games. Give me all those. If the goal is for them to be entertained, you have to give me a retro console, and I think you have to give me a NES, an NES, depending on your pronunciation. Uh, if you want them to see the hairless monkey get mad and throw controllers and yell, this is bullshit, give me an NES. I've been thinking about it. I don't think there's a single NES game that I really like, except for the first Mario Brothers. I haven't played the other ones that are on the NES and Tetris. Other than that, I don't think I've played an NES game that I love. <laughs> Next up, uh, Ben from Play Along Podcast, former guest on the show from uh, the Last of Us episode. Uh, ben asks, snog, marry, avoid, uh, which for the Americans means fuck, marry, kill. Had to do a little translating. Uh, so snog, marry, avoid, Pyramid Head, Professor Oak, and Sonic. Um, okay. I'm going to fuck Pyramid Head, marry Professor Oak, and kill Sonic. Okay, here's where it started. I have to kill Sonic. I don't want Sonic around. So Sonic's dead, so I can't kill Pyramid Head. I don't want to marry Pyramid Head, so let's just fuck him one time and get it over with. And then marry Professor Oak. Obviously, he has a ranch full of Pokemon you can go hang out with. I don't know if Professor Oak is the best you know, romantic partner, but I guess we'll find out. Next question comes from the podcast of everything. If you were to date Mara Sov from Destiny 2, where would you take her on a date? Uh, they say for them, uh, win the lottery and take her to the Olive Garden and then to the moon. Now, I don't know who this person is, so I'm going to look up a picture. I've never played Destiny 2. 
and I've never, I couldn't tell you any of the characters. So let me look up a picture and I will go from that. Destiny 2. Uh, Mara Sov is the queen of the reef, the ruler of the Awoken, and former Kel of the House of Wolves. I know what some of those words mean. Uh, queen of the reef has to be something seafood related if she's queen of the reef. So we're going to Red Lobster uh, during Shrimp Fest. Yeah, during Shrimp Fest because I want the best for my girl. That's right. Water to drink, though. Next up, Liv from Between Two Gamers, the guest on last week's episode about the quarry. We had a really good talk. Uh, Liv asks, if you could have one Pokemon as a pet, which would you pick? Uh, my answer is Ninetales, uh, because I think it would be cool. However, I should have done some research. So off to Bulbapedia we go, because uh, I got to find out if there's something horrific going on with Ninetales Pokemon entries. Eric, where are you at with uh, Pokedex, please? I need your help. Let's see, nine tails, Pokedex entries. We'll just start with Gen 1. Uh, very smart and very vengeful. Grabbing one of its many tails could result in a 1,000 year curse. All right, off to a bad start. I mean, you have a, I'm not going to pull its tail because, you know, I don't want to hurt my pet. But, you know, if it wants to play or something, I don't want to do that by accident and get cursed for a thousand years. Uh, according to an enduring legend, Nine noble saints were united and reincarnated as this Pokemon. Okay. I mean, that's that sounds kind of boring. Nine noble saints don't sound like a very fun pet, but okay. Uh, gold and silver. Some legends claim that each of its nine tails has its own unique type of mystic power. Okay, that's fine. I can I can handle that. Its nine beautiful tails are filled with a wondrous energy that could keep it alive for a thousand years. Oh, no. That's like those African parrots that live for a hundred years. Like when I die, I'm going to have to put my pet in my will. And then like the next 20 owners are going to have to do the same because it's going to live for a thousand years. That's not great. But there doesn't seem to... Oh, no. I was just going to say there's nothing terrible, but the Ruby Pokedex entry says Ninetales casts a sinister light from its bright red eyes to gain total control over its foe's mind. Um, I'm not its foe. I'm going to be its buddy, but hopefully it doesn't view me as its foe. Like if you, if it gets sick and I have to like shove a pill down its throat and then it fucking mind controls me because it thinks I'm trying to kill it. That's, that's not great. Uh, but I think this is a rabbit hole that could lead to me never picking an answer. So I'm just going to go with nine tails because it's super cute. So thank you, Liv. I appreciate you. Next up is Larry from the Bits of Time podcast. Uh, Larry's co-host and brother, Michael, was on the Parasite Eve episode. So the quest is on to get Larry. Larry asks, if you can elect a president or supreme leader to oversee all the video game universe, who would it be and why? Uh, but they must be from a video game. Their adversaries and flaws will influence their rule. Tell the good and the bad. Ooh, this is tough. I think that Kim Kitsuragi is the best person that comes to mind. Kim Kitsuragi from Disco Elysium. Mostly because Kim is organized. Kim is efficient. Kim gets the job done. And... Kim has a fun sense of humor that would be fun in press conferences. Like if you're a sports fan and 
kind of like a a Bill Belichick sense of humor, that kind of thing. So Kim is from Disco Elysium. Kim's adversaries and flaws will influence uh, his rule. Let's see. I don't think Kim has any huge adversaries. There are racists around that don't like him, but that's going to be true of everybody. So I don't think Kim has like a, you know, an evil rival or something like that. So that would be the bad, I guess, is that there would be racists who don't like Kim. And then next election, they're going to really lean into that to try to get some horrible racist piece of shit elected. Um, if if I can go by recent history as any guide. Um, but, you know, those, those years of Kim being a, just a general decent person who's very organized, very on task, um, I think that's worth it to uh, oversee the video game universe. So Kim Kitsuragi, President Kim Kitsuragi. So thank you, Larry, for the question, and I'm coming for you, buddy. Uh, next up is Alejandro from a Random Gamers Corner podcast future guest on the show. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, Alejandro asks, if you're able to be in control of one of your favorite video game franchises and have the freedom to do whatever you like with them, what would you do? I said before that my story playing video games couldn't be told without Pokemon. So I'm going to take control of the Pokemon franchise. And number one, I'm going to run it into the fucking ground because I don't know anything about running a business. But uh, as far as game design and game direction, number one, I'm going to dictate that they make a game for the adult grown-up Pokemon fans who've been fans of the franchise for 25 years and don't have a lot to show for that. So I'm going to dictate they make a game like that. I'm going to make them make a story that has any character that is not just like a piece of wood with a face that talks about how much they like shorts or how much they want to, you know, let loose global destruction because that's what I'm supposed to do because I'm the bad guy. I'm going to make a story that um, actually is a story and does anything at all, literally. Um, I'm going to make them take risks with gameplay. Uh, We can still have turn-based combat, but they got to work on it. Uh, We are going to not spend the first five hours teaching you how to play the game. Um, if you want to give this game to a kid and let them figure it out because kids are smarter than you give them credit for, that's cool. But we're not going to have 17 hours of tutorials in this game. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have, uh, the Pokemon company, uh, first of all, make a game for the adults who've been playing for a long time. We're going to make the combat harder. We're going to make you actually use strategy besides, you know, the rock, paper, scissors. It can be done. I've played ROM hacks that did it. And just generally, we're going to take some more risks with Pokemon. We're going to stop remaking the old games um, in the cheapest fucking way possible just to make extra money. This is why I'm going to run the franchise into the ground. I hope you other fans understand when that's what the result is, but that's what we're going to do. And that's my plan. So Alejandro, thank you for your question. And I look forward to talking with you. Next up is Nick. Nick asks, which video game character would experience the greatest joy from eating their first ever Casablanca Moroccan sandwich? Uh, For those who are not in the know, Casablanca Sandwichery is a Moroccan sandwich shop in Seoul, South Korea that makes the best fucking sandwich I've ever had in my life. And I like 
One of my big regrets about moving away from Korea and moving to the United States is I can't have that sandwich anymore. And then, you know, friends that I don't see anymore, that too, I suppose. Uh, but these sandwiches are incredible. And so Nick is asking which video game character would enjoy this the most, would experience the greatest joy. So I started to think about characters that are like famous for how much they love food, you know, like the Japanese character trope of like this, this character's personality is that they're hungry, you know? So I thought of Raphael from Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, but he eats too much. I don't think he would appreciate this. Uh, also thought of like your monster hunter from monster hunter who just fucking wolfs down his food, doesn't savor it, doesn't appreciate it, doesn't deserve it. So I'm going to pick a character that I kind of made fun of for having this personality trait in the episode that I did with Rick from pixel project radio, uh, about 13 sentinels, Aegis rim. And there's a character in that game named, let me look up their name. I forgot. That's right. Hijiyama. Yes. Takatoshi Hijiyama. And Hijiyama in the game uh, eats a yakisoba pan, which is like a, you know, yakisoba inside of a, a, a bread roll or something like that, or hot dog bun or whatever. And he is so smitten by it that that takes over his personality. Uh, and I'll give him some credit. Rick pointed out that there is more to him that I was just uh, overlooking. There is a little bit more to him, but number one, my man loves yakisoba pun and just thinks about it all the time. And I can identify with that because the first time I ate Casablanca was a very similar experience. And I've been thinking about it for the last seven years since that. Uh, so yeah, I think that Hijiyama would enjoy and appreciate the Casablanca Moroccan sandwich. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Nick was on the uh, Florence episode of the show before, which is a, a really good episode. I'm really proud of that. Not a whole lot of people listen to. Uh, Florence is a wonderful game. It takes 45 minutes to play. Can't recommend it highly enough. And then uh, check out me and Nick and his wife, Heather talking about it. Next up is Moonborn uh, via Patreon. Moonborn writes in, which female video game character do you find most personally aspirational? And by aspirational, Moonborn means uh, like I like to, or I want to be like them. Yeah, I want to be like them. So a female video game character that I want to be like. Let's see. There are a few. I got to think about this. I did not prepare. Uh, Bayonetta's on the brain recently. Um, I am a bit of, I'm not a bit of a prude. I am a giant prude. Uh, I have a sense of humor that's not so prudish, but me as a person, very prudish, and I wish I was not as prudish. So Bayonetta in that way, like the least prudish character ever created. Um, I've always, always thought that Yennefer from the Witcher uh, series uh, was a cool character. I don't love her character in the show, but in the game, The Witcher 3, um, I like how she is a no-nonsense, very competent, take-no-shit uh, type of person. That's always something I respect about people in general. And uh, again, something I wish I had a little bit more of uh, inside of me. Um, I am very non-confrontational and will take a lot of shit if someone's trying to like push it at me. <laughs> uh, so... I respect her for that. And there's, I mean, there's so many female uh, video game characters that are the same way, you know, like if you just want to say badass, take no shit characters like Aloy, Samus, 
I assume that that's what Ellie turns into in The Last of Us Part Two, but I didn't play it. Uh, I'd just seen her, you know, doing monkey flips and killing people, so I assume. Uh, but I don't know uh, for sure. But there are lots of uh, female characters like that that I uh, appreciate for that. So let's go with that. And yeah, I know, Moon, you asked for one uh, character, but I gave you a handful for a couple of different reasons. So there we go. Uh, and last but not least, Jay from Super Bracket Bros, who I mentioned before, Jay from the Half-Life 2 episode. Jay asks, what is one food from a game that you've most wanted to eat in real life? I mentioned 13 Sentinels before, but that Hamburg steak looked really good. Uh, the art for the food was really nice. A couple others that I think looked really good. The uh, All the food in Monster Hunter looks incredible. Um, not, I, not so much that I want to eat like the, uh, the rice balls that they eat before going out, but when they have like a feast, you know, like the opening scene in monster hunter world, when you're in the cabin and there's, or the lodge and there's just like a, a feast, I cannot describe it any other way that looks so good. Uh, so I'm just going to say, I want to be in that lodge in the opening scene of monster hunter world. Yeah. When you first make your character, you first meet your, uh, uh, your little cat buddy, Palico, I think they're called. Yeah. So yeah, Monster Hunter. And Jay, thank you for the question. Thank you for coming on the show before. And thank you for letting me come on Super Bracket Bros. Uh, and I'm looking forward to when we can make that happen again. So uh, that's all the questions. My thank you, everybody who wrote in with a question, uh, some fun stuff to think about. And um, I think that my life with my Ninetales friend is going to be pretty I'm going to be walking on eggshells, trying not to get cursed for a thousand years, but you know, that is, uh, that was my answer. So thank you for that. I appreciate everyone again, who wrote in. I especially appreciate the patrons of, uh, Tales from the Backlog and a top three podcast, the tube, as it were, this has been, uh, just a really awesome experience over the last year. I don't see any reason why year two isn't going to be even better, you know, like, I'm happy with what the show is doing. I'm excited about some of the games I'm going to be covering. I'm excited about some of the people I'm going to get to talk to for the first time. I'm excited about some of the people I've never met that I'm planning on reaching out to. Um, this has all been really awesome. So thank you everyone who has listened, even if it's only one time, even if today's your first time. I appreciate you very much. And uh, let's see what else has happened. You opened up the Discord server for... Uh, Tales from the Backlog and Top 3 this year. Um, I'm really happy with the community we have there. There are no assholes uh, in there. Everyone's really cool. And type of place where people are, you know, it's a really close community where people share what's going on in their lives and people are supportive of each other. And then, you know, we may rip on each other about bad video game takes or whatever, but that's not the most important part of bringing people together, is it? So I'm happy with how that uh, community is going. I love the other Discord communities and other podcast communities that I'm a part of and people I interact with on social media. This has all just been so fucking cool. And I just want to say thanks again. And I'm looking forward to year two and I hope you are too. So I'm going to stop rambling now. Thank you very much for listening and look forward to year two of Tales from the Backlog. Next week is, what is next week? I had the schedule right here. I got to open up the spreadsheet, the secret private spreadsheet. 
what is coming up next week? Citizen Sleeper, one of the best games from 2022, featuring the lovely uh, deadbeat punk, the nicest man on the internet. So look forward to that. Thank you so much. Tune in next week for the next game that comes out of the backlog.